man. You. Right. Um, yeah, Ted's really in charge. Okay, we're good. Good evening. Good evening and welcome to worship this evening here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. We are so glad that you were here with us in person and that you were joining us online. I have a few announcements to share with you. Um, first one is that starting next Sunday, uh, the session is approved for us to have 70 in worship so we can fill this space up on both Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And the reason being is that we've been doing a really good job of keeping each other safe with safe distance, with wearing our mask, um, and we need to also do a good job about when we enter and leave, particularly when we exit, um, so that we are not clumping not, not congregating, so just keep on moving, maybe even let the first row go out first, first pew, uh, and then follow them. So as long as we keep doing the things that we're doing, then, um, you know, we can increase the number going along and, and see how it goes each, each time. So we're just so grateful that everyone's been doing all the things necessary to keep us all safe. Um, also, I uh, want you to find the bulletin if you're worshiping online. You can find that under the resources tab. That might be in a different place than you've looked before, but we have a new website. So we want you to look for the bulletin under the resources tab and get used to that location for the bulletin. Um, if you're a visitor this evening, we invite you to fill out a visitor card, and I think those are over there on the table. And uh, we want to say a big thank you to everyone who participated in the youth auction. It was a huge success, a lot of work. Uh, we very much appreciate the team that put it together. The youth raised over $14,000. We don't have an exact figure, but 
We are just thrilled with that. And so we also appreciate all the effort that went into Sunday school classes and fellowship groups and putting together the baskets and the trips and all the things. Everything that someone um, donated was taken, was bid on and was taken. And that's really good as well. So thank you for that. Um, the uh, special needs ministry had a very successful promade on Friday night. That took a lot of work, and thank you to all of those that participated in that. And next Sunday, all of you that are here with us in person tonight, know that our evening worship next Sunday is going to be out here on the parking lot at 6 o'clock. And this, that this group has been rehearsing, and they sound phenomenal, and they're going to sing all the favorites, right? <laughs> yeah. So that'll be a wonderful time for us to worship outside. You don't have to make a reservation for that. Uh, it's going to be like the music events we did in the fall where you just bring your lawn chair and our Congregational Life Committee will mark off the safe places for you to sit. And at those music events, we got between 90 and 100 people safely in our parking lot. So just know that that will be next Sunday, and we're very excited about it. So thank you all for leading us in worship outside next Sunday. I invite you to read in your bulletin more about what's going on in the life of this uh, community of faith, and I want to share with you the sadness that we are experiencing in the death of Sandy Franks, and Sandy has, was a beloved member of our congregation for over 20 years, um, beloved member of our choir and of our staff, and so we are all hurting um, we're holding and ask you to hold Jonathan and Woody in your hearts and in your prayers. Lift them up to God for the facing of these hours for them. Sandy's memorial service will be held in this space Wednesday at 2. Um, it will be live streamed on our website and also on our Facebook page. And there will be a sign up for that. Um, that that the sign-up for Sandy's service, we hope we'll have it open and ready for people to register starting at noon tomorrow. So, again, that's a little transition from website to website, so we think that we'll have it up and ready at noon. So just watch for that if you're interested in coming in person. But know, too, that it's in this space so that we can live stream it. So those are all of our announcements. We are so glad that you're here worshiping with us. And I invite you now to turn your attention to the worship of Almighty God. Susie, would you love to pray? Yes, I'll be happy to pray. Let us turn to God in prayer. Holy and loving and gracious and almighty God, we thank you for gathering us into this space so that we might worship your holy name. We might glorify you, Almighty God. We ask your blessings upon all of us that are gathered here. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds so that we might hear your word for us tonight as it is sung and read and proclaimed. And then we might, Almighty God, follow wherever you lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Through Christ we pray and together we say, Amen. Will you stand and sing with us as we sing, All Hail the Power of Jesus?
might be a little bit different than what you're used to, but once you catch on, join with us.
Hello. There we are. You're great, Ted. You're always great. As we prepare to listen to what God's going to say to us tonight, would you join me in a brief prayer? Trusting, Lord, that you send out your word, and every time you do, it accomplishes that for which you sent it for. We come hungry not just for dinner, but for you. So we come and we open our hearts to you and we invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak. For we, your children, are listening. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. The first scripture that we're going to spend some time with this morning is taken from the book of 1 John in the second chapter, starting with the 28th verse. So hear these words. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he is revealed, we may have confidence and not be put to shame before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure That everyone who does right has been born of him. See what love the Father has given us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be? hasn't yet been revealed. But what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. This is our first reading. Our second reading tonight comes from the Gospel of Luke, and this is our sermon text, but that text that's printed that Mike read for us is very much a part of this conversation, so I wanted you to hear both texts tonight. Luke 24, beginning at verse 36b. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified 
and they thought they were seeing a ghost. Jesus said to them, Why are you frightened, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands, look at my feet, see that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, Jesus said to them, Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Family meals are so very important to the development of close family relationships. Parents to children and vice versa, and siblings to siblings. The same is true for extended families, for aunts and uncles and nephews and nieces and grandparents, and sometimes we're blessed with even great-grandparents. We'd love to gather around the table together. We love to gather in our kitchens The same is true for our communities. It's a round table fellowship that we really meet people right where they are. In the best kind of ways, usually. I say usually because we know that not all family meals are joyous occasions. I have vivid memories of under the table kicking by one of my not-to-be-named siblings, but usually coming from the sibling who really wanted to silence me from sharing with my mom as I tugged on her sleeve beside me the injustice that had just been done by that sibling. I am the youngest, after all. Nevertheless, I learned the importance of table fellowship and shared meals to creating and nurturing relationships with family and friends. Not only at the table at home, but also at the table fellowship at First Presbyterian Church in Conway, Arkansas on Wednesday night suppers. I loved to go to those Wednesday night suppers for two things that were my very favorite about them. One was that I loved the kids' table. I got to sit with my friends and not with my mom and my siblings, but I loved to sit at the kids' table. And the other thing that I have such a vivid memory, memory about and what I loved about those Wednesday night suppers was being in the kitchen underfoot, but being in the kitchen and listening to the women as they prepared for those meals, really, to me, sharing all kinds of wisdom. I learned so much from being underfoot in that way, and I just love the table fellowship. 
In my own home, with my husband and my children, we had a family rule. No activities on Thursday night. For that was our time for family night supper. And we discovered that when we let it go, when we didn't make the time or the space, that we missed the opportunity to gather together around the table at least once a week intentionally and to nurture our relationship with each other. We see table fellowships modeled for us by Jesus throughout the New Testament. You've heard me say when I serve at the table of our Lord, he was always the guest in the homes of Mary and Martha and Joanna and Susanna and Peter and Zacchaeus. He was always the guest. But at the table of our Lord, he is the host. And so Jesus modeled table fellowship for us. For all with eyes to see, he modeled the importance then and now for us to break bread together. Why? What is the primary reason? Well, I gave you a hint just a moment ago. It's where Jesus meets those in his midst right where they are. It's where he really gets to know them. It's where he shares his most vulnerable self. It's where he soothes their souls and calms their fears when he says, peace be with you. And later he says, my peace I leave with you. Following his model, it's where we can do the same with our own family and friends, our community of faith, and beyond once we're on the other side of this pandemic. Something else is happening in these narratives, especially as Luke tells the stories. He unfolds his narratives logically and deliberately, always preparing the reader for the rest of the story, what is yet to come, and the significance of the story he's telling. Luke's primary concern is to inform the reader who Jesus of Nazareth is, who he is as the suffering crucified Savior, and then the risen, exalted Lord, and what it means to be his follower, and later his apostle. That is, what is the responsibility of the followers of Jesus to go forth into the world and to share the life and teachings of Jesus and the love of Jesus with everyone we meet. We heard it in the first John reading. If you know that he is righteous, then, beloved, we know that we are God's children now. But what we will be has not yet been revealed. Hopefully, our Easter sermon series will reveal to us more and more about who we are and what we're called to do as the children of God as we belong and then believe and then go forth to bless and share the good news of the gospel and all of our blessings with everyone we meet every day. Indeed, Jesus meets his disciples right where they are. He provides for them exactly what they need, including Thomas, so that he can believe. Thomas, you remember, needed to see and to touch Jesus' wounds. So Jesus provides sight and sound and smell and touch. 
just what they need. He engages all of their senses so that they have the necessary tools to then go forth into the world, empowering others to also believe. Luke takes a very deliberate path in his storytelling. He slows us down. He wants his readers to really grasp that Jesus is fully divine and fully human after he rose from the tomb. And further, the significance that this action makes, not only in their lives, but in the lives of all who will follow later, including us. Luke, like Jesus, really wants us to understand. Now, can you imagine how difficult grasping the teachings of Jesus would have been in that moment for these disciples there in that room, for they're experiencing such a multitude of emotions, fear and frustration, guilt and doubt and anxiety, suspicion and distrust, restlessness and despondency, terror and regret. Think about when you've been in your darkest pit and how you have felt these emotions too. They wash over you one after the other as the waves are coming at you and eventually you feel as though the water is just lapping underneath your chin and you can't hardly catch your breath. And in walks our risen Lord and says to you, peace be with you. Jesus enters into the moment. He meets his disciples right where they are in the midst of their anxiety and their fear. He meets them with words of comfort and assurance. But he also says to them, Why are you afraid? Why have doubts arisen in your hearts? I think we can imagine that they might respond something like, Because... Everything that we've known to be true is no more because our worlds are upside down, because we don't know who to trust, because we might die. Now, Paul writes from his prison cell in Rome to the church at Philippi, and even in his suffering, he was blessed to proclaim the good news of the gospel, even in his suffering. Can you imagine doing the same? Is proclaiming the gospel the first thing you think about when you're experiencing the depths of what might be your own bottomless pit? But Paul learned well what it meant to be a true follower of Jesus and the responsibility that comes with receiving the grace of God through Christ our Lord where we hear in Jesus' voice his wondering what has happened to his disciples' faith. Might he wonder the same about his 21st century followers? Luke writes that they all thought they'd seen a ghost, just like when Jesus was walking towards them when they were in the boat on the Sea of Galilee, and Peter hollers out, Are you a ghost? In both that scene and this one, Jesus speaks words of comfort and reassurance, and he says to them, Take heart, fear not. 
It is I. So how do we, as 21st century followers of Jesus, take heart and believe in our risen Lord? What does it mean in our lives that Jesus is alive and lives among us now? Who is he to us? How do we respond when we, like these disciples, are utterly terrified of the unknown and what's going to happen next in our lives? And who are we to him? Luke helps his his readers to slow down and experience the fully divine and fully human risen Jesus so that they might know and believe and be able to answer tough questions like these. Jesus is not a ghost. He does not come to them as a fabrication of their imagination. He is like them human. He invites them to look closely at him and to even touch him. Jesus is hungry and he asks for something to eat. He wants to have table fellowship with them. The startled, disbelieving, confused disciples give him a piece of fish and they sit together and eat. And yet he's also divine, fully divine, for he's alive when they knew that he was dead. He appeared to them in that room when the door was sealed and locked. These are not human actions. These are miracles. Jesus is both and, and therein lies a piece of the mystery of our faith. It's about trust, belief, faith. Hope, even when we can't physically see him, even and especially when we are in the midst of our dark, deep pits that we do experience in our own lives. Here is where Jesus meets us, just as he met his disciples in that upper room in Jerusalem and in this room in Emmaus. He meets them and us right where we are after the resurrection event. Still we wonder, still we are distrustful, and sometimes we're fearful of the unknown, of what's going to come next. We are so like this weary band of followers. So Jesus comes to us and offers words of comfort and reassurance and says, peace be with you. And then Jesus opens their minds to understand the scriptures. Isn't that just the coolest thing? Jesus himself helps his followers to see the big picture of God's purposes and aims and agenda for creation. All this time, God has been about reconciling the world back to God's self. From the law of Moses to the prophets to the Psalms, it's all always been about, about what God is doing in the world, God's world. It all has a purpose. It is God's purpose. Jesus tells his followers plainly that they are commissioned by him as witnesses of all that God has done and is doing in the world. He declares that his followers are now ready to be credible, reliable witnesses in Jerusalem and in all the nations, leaving no one out because of what they have seen and what they know. But what about us? Are we credible Reliable witnesses 
for Jesus Christ. Certainly we're supposed to be, but are we? Have we moved beyond our distrust, our doubt, our fear? Have we opened our minds to God's living word, Jesus Christ among us? Have we grasped the big picture of God's reconciliation of the world back to God's self? Have we even looked around to see where God is at work in the world right now and then joined in with God's mission and ministry? Have we let go of our need to control and come to see that it's not about us? It's not about our agendas. It's not about our desires. It's only about Almighty God and God's will for our lives. In order to prepare ourselves to take heart and believe in our risen Lord and then go forth for him, we must come together as the people of God here and now. We must study and fellowship and serve and have table fellowship together. We must be vulnerable with one another. We must share our wounds and our hurts just as Jesus did. And always have Jesus Christ at the center of all that we are doing. For the more we do these things together as followers of Jesus Christ, the less weary, the more hardy we become as a band of followers of Jesus. The more we move outside of ourselves and towards the world, the more we are able to comprehend just what it means that Jesus is alive and lives among us even now. For it is then that we will more readily experience Christ in every person that we meet, everywhere that we go. And the more that Christ, people will see Christ in us, and then we will really be credible, reliable witnesses to the resurrection that we are called to be right here, right now. A moment ago, I asked, who are you to Christ? You know, sometimes people would rather just worship with us on Sundays and then not be bothered with being important to Christ the rest of the week. That's not who we as followers of Jesus Christ are called to be. Luke tells us that Jesus opened the minds of the disciples so that they could comprehend God's purpose for all of creation. His first disciples were called to take heart, believe, and go forth following in Jesus' footsteps, and so are we. As we begin to slowly and safely emerge from the shadow of this global pandemic, we all need to discern and discover together. Who are we as the people of God in the here and now? Who is God calling us to be going forward, and how will this calling be lived out as together we take heart, believe, and go forth into the world? Jesus meets us right where we are, and where God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will lead this band of followers of Jesus Christ, this body of Christ, this community of faith that we call Germantown Presbyterian Church, we cannot yet know for who we will be and what we will be has not yet been revealed. But this we know for sure. 
God, by the power of the Holy Spirit within us, will be able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ever ask or imagine. It's so very exciting to think about what God intends to do in and through us, my brothers and sisters. So no matter where God leads us, Jesus comes and stands among us, meeting us where we are with the words that we need to hear. Peace be with you. And like that band of first century followers of Jesus, we come to discern where God will lead us. We come to take heart, believe, and go forth into all the world. And to that end, may all glory, honor, and praise be to God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, you indeed come and be, you are among us, you stand in front of us, you are beside us, you lead us along our journeys of life and faith, and we give you thanks and praise. Continue to resonate your words within us as we go through this week so that we all might discover who we are called to be for you, Lord Christ. Through your holy name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Thank you, Susie. If you would like to stand with us, we're going to sing All Heaven Declares. The first part of this is a very simple song, but a very powerful song, is that heaven declares the glory of the risen Lord, but also earth will declare it so that heaven and earth will be joined together in proclaiming the risen Lord and his glory that he has done for us.
as we trust in God who provides for all our needs. May we joyfully share our abundance with others, whether worshiping here or online. Let us dedicate our tithes and offerings to God's purposes in the world and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. The grace of Almighty God overflows for us at all times and in all things. And in that comfort, let us turn to God who hears our prayers. Loving God, we pray for the church in the world and its leaders. May we continue to be living witnesses for you. We pray for the global community. Enable and embolden us to serve those in need and work for peace, justice, and equity. We pray for our nation. May our leaders be led by your wisdom as we seek to work out our differences and so that we may be a blessing to other nations. We pray for your creation. Make us good stewards so that many generations will know the goodness of your gifts. We pray for all those who are oppressed, abused, or outcast. Help us to be advocates for the powerless and to be compassionate toward the whole human family, showing kindness, seeking justice, offering welcome, giving shelter. We pray for those who are ill or suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Make us agents of your restoration and healing. We pray for all caregivers and all those who serve others. Strengthen them in body and soul. We pray for all those who have lost a beloved child, parent, sibling, family member, or friend, especially for those who have had lives shattered by senseless violence Mend their hearts, bring your comforting peace, and help us to support those who grieve. We pray for this congregation. Guide us to continue to proclaim the good news to all and empower the work of your ministry. We lift up to you in silence, Lord, the prayers we hold privately. Hear us now, O oh God, as we bind our hearts and voices together, praying as you taught the disciples to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yeah. 
as sisters and brothers, as you go forth into the world, know that when you have those times in your life, when you are feeling at the bottom, when you are anxious and afraid, that Jesus comes and stands right in front of you and says, peace be with you, so that you can take heart, believe, and then go forth into the world to share his love with everyone you meet. So as you go, may the love of God and the peace of Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit of God abide with each and every one of you, binding you to one another and to Almighty God, now and forevermore. And let God's people say, Amen. Go in peace. Every breath that I have made, I will sing.
Mike, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. And you. I just want to share, so Will and I have been talking about this service. Yeah. And I shared, I would love to just help develop and, and help this thing blossom in the church. Okay. So he said, sure, for whatever reason. So, so we're going to have a conversation about what that looks like in our lives. I just want to share, I'm excited.